I want to invite everyone here present to do something with me. This is something a little bit different. I don't really ever do this, but I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me right now. And I want to read a verse of scripture that God gave Mary Jo and I a few years back. And I want to read it to you tonight. And I want to read it because, you know, here's what we believe about God's word. We believe that, that he is speaking to us through it. Yes, he speaks to us in the still small voice in those times when we're with him and just each and every day as we walk with him and talk with him along life's way. But through the word, God speaks very important messages. And sometimes we hear so many of them and we see maybe them in different places, maybe in our Facebook feed or Instagram, people putting different things. But I believe that God wants to get our attention with his word this year in 2019 and just allow the word to be that grounding in our lives. Amen? And so this is the, the, the verse that God gave Mary Jo and I. This was several years ago, but I thought it fitting to read this tonight to begin this new year. And I want to invite you as we read this, I want to invite you to receive this for you for 2019. Amen? It says this in Psalm 90, verse 17. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Let the beauty of the Lord be upon us. Amen? And so I want to just receive that for, for us as a, as a people tonight. And, and so do you receive that? Amen? You can be seated. Here's the point. This book, the Word of God that we're going to look into tonight, is the greatest book in the universe. In fact, if you took all the books that have ever been printed and put them in a pile over here, the Bible stands alone in every single way, in every single category that you could actually discuss. It is the greatest book in the universe. The Bible contains for us direction, vision, correction, and salvation. And it also has the secret to success. It contains the secret to success. So if I came to you tonight and I tapped you on the shoulder and I said, I've got the secret to success for you for 2019 and throughout the rest of your life, for you, for your family, for your business, would you be interested in that information? Would, you, would that catch your attention? Now you have to understand the world has a definition of success and prosperity, and God has a definition. Amen? The problem is that you can achieve the world's definition of success and miss godly success altogether. The issue for human beings is to understand that God is our creator and he knows what's best for us. Think about it. If there is a creator of the universe, and there is, and there is, amen, 
And it's becoming abundantly clear, even in the sciences, people are coming to the understanding that it is literally unavoidable. We were just talking about this over the last couple days, and there was a prominent apologist, Christian apologist, who was debating an atheist. And so during the debate, the Christian apologist turned to the, the atheist and said, well, would you describe the thing, whatever it is, that, that, that caused the world, the, the universe, to come into existence? And he began to describe this thing and ended up talking about it having like a mind and all this. And so the Christian apologist, after the atheist was done talking, so you mean God? <laughs> I mean, it, it's literally becoming that obvious in the sense that there is a creator. And since there is a creator and you and I have a creator, isn't it logical to come to the same conclusion that God knows what's best for his creation? If God is our creator, he made us and he has a purpose for us, that he also knows what's best for us. That's absolutely true. The process of receiving the instruction that we need, the secret to success that we need from our creator, it involves a surrendered heart. If you're going to be a person of the word of God, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you have to be a person who has a surrendered life and a surrendered heart. And that thing has to be just part of who you are, that there's this kind of posture in your life of surrender, of surrender to the Lord and a surrender to receiving the word of God because, again, he knows what's best. And if God has a word for me, well, then I want to hear it. And I want it to come into my heart. I want it to change my heart. I want it to change my mind. If I've got a certain thinking and it's over here, I want the word of God to come in and go, boom. No, Charles, you need to be thinking about it this way. You need to be thinking this way about what's happening. And we need to have that type of surrender in our lives. We have to be surrendered to God and what he would have to say to us. Now, we're going to take a look at a few verses here in Joshua chapter 1. And if you know a little bit about Joshua, what happens in Joshua 1 is that Moses, who has been the leader of Israel, who's led them out of Egyptian bondage, through the, the, he went into Egypt and he asked Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go. And, and Pharaoh said, no. And God said, okay. And so then there were these 10 plagues, right? The 10th one, they came out because it was the Passover. It was that Passover where they came out. And now the people have come out and they've been wandering around in the desert for 40 years because they didn't obey God to go over into the land when they came up to a place called Kadesh Barnea. So they wandered around for, well, close to 40 years, about 38 and some change. And then Moses died. And so there was the, the baton of leadership was passed from Moses to Joshua. And so we pick it up here in Joshua 1, where that, that's the context here. The, 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 the baton of leadership of God's people has been passed to Joshua. And Joshua is now going to be the leader of the people of God. And, and so what God does is God comes down and he has a, a meeting. He says, Joshua, you're going to be the leader now. So we need to have a little powwow. We need to have a little meeting. And, uh, and it, hey, whenever God wants to have a meeting, uh, you go ahead and keep that appointment. Amen? You go ahead and keep that appointment and, and, and you listen to what God has to say. And God had some important things to say to Joshua 
here in Joshua chapter 1, and the things specifically that we're going to look at tonight really become the secret to success, not only for Joshua in his leading of the people of Israel, but for you and I as we follow Christ and as we follow the Lord in our lives. Okay, so we're going to take a look at this tonight. The, the, first, the first secret to success is this, that you need to put on the strength of God. You need to put on the strength of God. Let's, let's look at it in Joshua chapter 1. Let's pick it up. I had 6 through 9 on there, but I want to go ahead and read 5 too. So God said this, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow, what a powerful message that God spoke to Joshua. And I believe he would speak it to us tonight on this date, January 5th, 2019. In order, to, in order for us to achieve the success that God wants for us in our lives and, and that he has for us, and he has some things. He has some success. You may think, well, 2018 wasn't very successful. <laughs> well, I need some. God has some success for you in 2019. God has some great things. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. Say amen if you believe that. Amen. amen. God has some great things. And, and you need to understand that. You need to believe that. And in order for us to walk in, to step in to those great things that God has for us, we are going to need the strength and courage. We're going to need the strength of the Lord, and we're going to need a courage that comes from having the strength of the Lord in our lives. The question then is, where do we get this strength and courage, and how, or how? How do we get it? Where do we get it? Where is it? Because we need it. I want it. If we're going to achieve godly success, we get it from God and his presence with us. We don't have time to go back to the first few verses in this chapter, but basically God, and even in the, the verses that we read, God is saying to Joshua, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm never, I'm, I'm, I'm so with you, Joshua. I'm so with you and this people. I'm going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I will be with you wherever you go, wherever you step, wherever you put your feet. I'm going to be with you. And Christian, if you are in Christ and you are saved and, and born from above and in the kingdom of God, God is with you and he is going to, in that same way, be with you and never leave you, never forsake you. And so God is with us. 
look at what he says in verse five. I'll read it again. I'll throw it up on the screen for you real quick. Joshua 1, 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Wow, can you even imagine God speaking this? Can, can you imagine being Joshua? No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. You're, 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 you're going to be a conqueror. You're going to go out. You're going to do this thing. You're going to do this thing, and I'm going to be with you. Wow. It's as if to say, trust me on this. I've got this. I'm with you. You just need to be with me on this. So be courageous and be strong. And so that's what we've got to do. In order to be successful in our lives as believers, in order for you to have the great success that God wants you to have in 2019, you need to be strong and of good courage. You need to be strong and of good courage. The word for strong here is a Hebrew word, kazak. And it means this. It means to make strong, to restore to strength, to give strength, to strengthen, sustain, encourage, to make strong, make gold, make bold, to encourage, to make firm, to make rigid, to make hard. It carries the idea of, of bonding something together, to tie fast, to, to bind bonds strongly to gird. So literally to, to strengthen, to gird with strength in that sense. There is an idea all the way throughout scripture that the believer in God should be girded in the strength of the Lord to do the Lord's commands. How are you going to do the commands? How are you going to walk in and possess all the good things that God has for you in 2019 and beyond? Well, you're going to realize that God's with you. You're going to realize that he's given you a word and you need to obey that. And in order to walk in that command, you're going to need the, the strength of the Lord. You're going to need the courage that comes from having the strength of the Lord. And you need to have it. It's like kind of, you know, Iron Man, you know, when he's got that thing, you know, whenever that thing was going down, right? When, it, when something was, screw was loose in there. Uh-oh. He's sinking. He's going. He's going to crash. Oh, it's back. Now I'm flying, right? And in that same way, we've got to have the strength of the Lord on us. So think of it. You've got this power pack of the Lord on you in the center of your life. And you've got to be, it's got to be attached to you. It's got to be girded. You've got to be girded up with it. And this idea of being girded in scripture is a powerful principle. Israel, right when they came out of Egypt, they were told to celebrate Passover. And the, one of the ways they were told, one of the instructions that they were given to celebrate Passover was that they were to, to actually gird their loins because they had to eat this thing in, in haste. They had to eat this meal in haste. They were going to be basically hightailing it out of there. <laughs> and they, and they, had to have, they had to be girded, which is basically to say they had to take their their long robes and kind of, you know, hike them up so that they could get out of there, right? Kind of girded, attached, fastened. And that's what we need to be. We need to have the strength of the Lord fastened to us. We need to be girded in that sense. We find out in the book of Leviticus that the priesthood, the priesthood that God instituted, you have Aaron and his sons, right? You have Aaron, the, 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 from the tribe of Levi, you have Aaron, the high priest, and then you have all the sons of Aaron that were the priesthood. And this priesthood is a picture of you and I who were in Christ, 
We have a high priest. His name is Jesus Christ. And we are his sons. Amen. We're actually his brothers too. We're sons of God, but we're brothers of Christ. It's a neat family. And, uh, and so this priesthood pictures you and I, the priesthood of all believers. And the, when you look in the garments of the priest, you have this elaborate garmentry of the high priest, and then you had specific garments that the priesthood would wear, namely a white linen robe, but there was also a sash that would, that would gird the, the robe there. And so the priesthood was always girded in that, strength, in that sense. The Bible tells us that God himself is girded. You say, well, Charles, you know, you wanna, you're telling us that we need to be girded and all this, and we got to, you know, gird our loins and gird ourselves with the strength of the Lord, the power of God. God himself is girded. Psalm 93, verse 1, you'll see it on the, str- on the screen. It says this, the Lord reigns. He, he is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. And so the Lord reigns and he has girded himself with strength. Now, Jesus tells us as his servants, as his faithful servants, that we should also be girded. In Luke 12, 35, Jesus says this, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. Amen. What great advice to begin 2019 from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let your Waste be girded and your lamps burning. Keep the oil of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart. Amen. And keep girded with the strength of the Lord in your life. Everything Jesus did, he was spiritually girded for the task. And if we're going to walk in the things that God has for us, we need to be girded. We need to be ready in that sense. On the night he celebrated Passover with his disciples, John's gospel tells us this in John chapter 13, verse 3 and 4, you'll see it on the screen. It says this, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. And so, man, God and Jesus, they seem to really be about this whole girding thing. They want us to be, they were girded, God's girded with strength. Jesus was girded. He's telling his disciples to be girded. There's something here, folks, that we need to really kind of wrap our minds around. And it is this, that we need to be, we need to have the the strength, the power of God just firmly attached, firmly uh, for our lives to be girded with the strength of the Lord. Now, Paul, uh, in his letters, tells us to be girded as well. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 Paul said this, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. So you're going to be girded with the power of God, as is the Lord himself, the Father, but you're also needing to be girded with the truth of God. And it's this idea of the the sash, the, 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 the girding of your waist with truth. And we need to be girded with truth. Amen? Amen? My goodness, what kind of a crazy, mixed up world are we living in? I mean, this is crazy town nowadays. Amen? I mean, I just saw a video. I don't even want to do, you know, on YouTube, people going nuts and crazy and causing stirs and stores and stuff and just going nuts. And you're, you look at this stuff and you go, what on earth is going on? 
and, and there's all kinds of lies being perpetrated on people all around. And they're buying into these things, hook, line, and sinker, deceptions. And, and one, of the, one of the things about the end times that Jesus said, the disciples wanted to know, well, what's going to be the sign of your coming, Lord? Tell us, tell us. And you know what Jesus, the first thing he said before he got into any other descriptions of anything, he said, make sure you're not deceived. Make sure you're not deceived. Well, the way that you make sure that you're not deceived is make sure that you're girded. Your waist is girded with the truth. And then the Apostle Paul tells us that we need to, or I'm sorry, the Apostle Peter, switching gears here. You have Paul and you have Peter who tells us that we need to literally gird our minds. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13, it says this, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What's that? You need to be girded and ready in your mind in a major way. In a major way, Christian, you need, you need this, to be sober and so that you're constantly resting your hope fully upon the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation, at the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Amen? And then we need to be girded, bound strongly, so, so we need to be girded with the strength of the Lord, and then we need the courage of the Lord. Now, if you suddenly felt like, you know, Iron Man, you know, and you went, boom, and the speaker just blew off of that pole, and, you know, and you went like this, and you suddenly were, you know, you, oh, wow, I got some power, right? I got some power. Now I can, I can actually do some stuff. You know what? I can... I can actually, if God told me, I, I could actually do some stuff. Well, this is the mindset that God wants us to have because he's given us his power. He, 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 Jesus told the disciples, wait in Jerusalem, and after that, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You'll receive the Spirit, and you're, you will be empowered to be the Lord's witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all over the earth. Amen? And so you have the courage now that comes from having the strength of the Lord, the power of God attached to you. Amen? The word for cur courage or courageous in, here in he, uh, Joshua 1 is a Hebrew word, amatz. Amatz, and it means um, to be strong, alert, courageous, brave, stout, bold, solid, hard. To be determined to make oneself alert, to strengthen oneself, to persist. It is translated into the English translate, uh, translation with the words establish, confirm, and fortify. And so be strong and courageous. Be fortified and stout and firm in that you have received the power of God in your life. Amen? To do that which he's commanded you to do. It is the idea of taking this strength and fortifying yourself with it. Be established in this strength. What strength? The strength of the Lord. It, it's, 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 you know, it, it's not some magic out there. The Lord wants to give you actual strength and power in your life to live for him and to possess and to be successful in the things that he has called 
for you to walk in, into in, in, this coming, in these coming days. And it's the strength of the Lord. And this is exactly what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This is, he's bringing the letter of Ephesians to a conclusion. And he says this, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we need to be outfitted with, girded with, God's power and be courageous in, fortified with God's power. And what do we need to be strong and courageous for? We need strength and courage to do everything that God tells us in his word to do. Most oftentimes, we don't have to be strong and courageous to do what we want in life. If it's just something like I want to do, I mean, honestly, it doesn't take a whole lot of strength and courage to, you know, drive through the McDonald's drive-thru, get a bag of cheeseburgers, and go back to the house and watch 14 episodes of Fixer Upper, okay? That, I mean, it literally takes no strength, courage, other than kind of waiting, you know, for the drive-thru or whatever and hoping you get your order right. But other than that, no strength, courage, nothing. You don't need a whole lot of strength and courage to go to the mall, kick around for three hours, and get a, a, an Auntie Anne's <laughs> covered with cinnamon sugar. Amen? Amen? I don't know which Auntie Anne's you like, but I can't pass up those the cinnamon sugar, you know, whatever. There's none available. I'll wait five minutes for a fresh one. Amen? <laughs> oh, let's face it. There's a lot of stuff that we do that we don't need a whole lot of strength encourage to do but we do need strength and courage to do the things that god has commanded us to do joshua was was told to be strong and of good courage because he was going to take israel across the jordan river to possess the land of canaan and he was going to divide that land that was going to be given to them by god he was going to divide that land amongst the tribes of israel as an inheritance from the lord so this was, this is as serious as it gets, folks. Amen? The land of Israel, God giving it to the people, to his people that he had chosen in the world and brought through Egypt and out of Egypt and now bringing them right up to the, the eastern part of Acacia Grove and now going to bring them across into the land and he's going to give it to them. And God's got some things for you. And, you know, it's, it's, you're going to need courage. You're going to need strength. You're going to need courage. You have to step. You have to step out. There's part of this passage where God says, I'm going to give you every place where the sole of your foot steps on. You know? So they couldn't, they couldn't stay back in the, in the house and watch Fixer Upper. They had to get out there and do stuff. And you know what this is about for me? It's about... You know, there's a lot of people in life that want to see this happen in their life and they want to see this happen and wonder where the blessing of God is. And God is saying to you, I want you to step out and I want you to begin to step on ground and I want you to begin to see what I'm going to give you, but you can't sit back. You got to walk on some new ground. You got to put your feet down in the, you know, the priests had to put their feet down in the river and, and, and come across that river. They had to walk around Jericho. 
all those times and blow horns. And sometimes God's asking you to do some crazy things like that. That was the battle plan, by the way. The first battle that they had coming into the land, it was like, okay, here's what we want you to do. Here's the first thing God asked them to do. You're going to take over this land. No man's going to be able to stand in front of you. But first things first, circumcise all the men. What? Yeah, circumcise all the men. Then, when they get healed up, we're going to walk up to that city and we're going to walk around it a bunch of times and then we're going to blow horns. And they did it. And there's a, there's a, there's a lesson actually in that passage in Joshua 6 about listening to the command, about actually being, actually being able to hear, actually being able to listen to the command. And sometimes I think we miss the we miss the command. We, we, we're, we're, we're going through, we're doing all of our thing, and God wants us to obey the command. God said, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide this inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Stepping out in faith and receiving, like actually receiving what God has for you I mean, he's got a thing that it's like he, he, he's got it. Like the land was like, it was like promised to them. I mean, like, okay, God promised them this land. And if God promises something, there, there's, there's no firmer promise that exists on the face of the earth. But they still had to do what God had called it. They still had to step across the river. They still had to march around Jericho. They still had to hear the word of the Lord and what God was speaking to them. And so the success, the inheritance, the blessing, the prosperity that God wants to bring into your life is all yours. It's all yours, what God has for you. But the process is through obedience from the Lord. There's a, there's a step of obedience and obeying the word of the Lord that is the key to bringing that about in your life. Amen? And, uh, and so God wants to do this in your life. So the first key to finding and achieving uh, what God wants in your life and the success that he wants to bring about in your life is to be aware of his presence. Secondly, is to, is to be strong and of good courage. And third, I want to tell you this, it's spending time pondering the word so that you can be careful to obey the command. Amen? So this is what he's talking about. Let's go back to verse 7. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the, to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it all day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So we've got to be strengthened. We've got to have strength and courage, strength from the Lord and courage that, that we're fortified with as a result of the strength and power of God in our lives. But then we've got to... We've got to actually spend some time thinking about, pondering. The word here would say meditating. 
not letting it depart from our mouth, meditating on the word day and night so that we can be careful to do what it says. God goes on here in verse 8, and he says, the key to Joshua and Israel's success, and our success too, is this, Joshua 1.8. I'll have it on the screen. This should really become one of your life verses. If you have a life verse, if you have some life verses, this should be one of them. Amen? This book of the law shall not depart from your, from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, let's look at this. The book of the law, what is that? The book of the law, up until this point, the book of the law is that law that had been given to Moses specifically, right? Um, and the law was administered. We find this out in Hebrews. We see it in Exodus and all that, that the, the, the law was administered through the angels, through the, through the B'nai Ha'elohim, that were, and it was given to Moses. Amen? And so we have this book of the law. We would refer to this as the Torah, the Pentateuch, and it shall not depart from your mouth. So this is important. This is an important distinction because we all have a Bible, right? You have a Bible? You still have a physical copy, hopefully? Where is it? Amen? Amen? Let me see it. Physical copy. Amen. Gonna keep those around. <laughs> a physical copy. Physical copy's good. We got digital copies, but who knows? You know, we gotta keep keep physical copy. But just even having the physical copy is not really what God is talking about here. He says, I don't want it to depart from your mouth. I want the these words, I want my word to be in your mouth. The idea here, and you've heard me touch on this before, is, is in Leviticus chapter 11. This is the passage, this is the chapter that God gives dietary laws to his people. And they were told which animals that they could eat and which animals you know, were fine for eating and which animals were considered unclean, right? And an unclean, a clean animal... Uh, it had, to have two, it had to do two things. It had to have a divided toe, a divided hoof, and it had to chew the cud. So you've got some animals that divided the hoof but then didn't chew the cud, so they were out. That's why, according to Leviticus 11 and the, and the whole Jewish world, pork. Eh, you got a divided hoof, but you ain't got no pig out there chewing the cud. But a cow, on the other hand, the beef, right? A lamb, a goat, these were all clean animals, and they could be eaten. The chewing of the cud and meditation is basically the same idea, because a chewing of the cud is like where the animal eats the grass, and then they, you know, like a cow has, I think, like four stomachs. So the, the, you know, go down into one of the stomachs and whatever, and they bring it back up and it's in the mouth, right? And so this cud is like in the mouth. And so this is the idea that God is, this is the picture, okay? So the hearers of this passage in Joshua 1.8 would, would firmly understand that the picture that God is, 
is, is, is, is getting across. Hey, look, I want this in your mouth. Just like those animals that, that chew the cud, that chew on the grass all day and swallow it and bring it back up from one of their four stomachs. I want you, I want this word of the, my word in your mouth. And so we've got to get it in our mouths, folks. We've got to get it in our heads, in our mouths. And as David said, I've hidden it in my heart, right, that I might not sin against you. So the question is, when you look at your life, do you have the word of the Lord in your mind? Do you have it in your mouth? Do you have it in your heart? Or is it in a book? Is it on your computer? Is it in an iPad? Is it on your app? Is it on? We've got to get it into our mouth. And when we get it into our mouths, if there's something that happens with, when we meditate on the Word, whenever you put your mind to something specifically and give time to something, it's amazing what happens in our lives. Anything. It doesn't have to be the Word. It can be you put your mind to some other course of study. And, and that really kind of becomes something that you become knowledgeable about and, and become proficient in. And, and if we want to follow after the Lord, we've got to have his word in our mouths. And, and God says here uh, that you meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So we've got to meditate on the word. Now, a couple things before we wrap this up tonight. Well, I want to I take you to this, um, to this passage in Psalm 1. Because basically what I, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to, to get at, it's, you're, 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 it's, it's like a software that you're putting into the computer. And the software, this software is coming directly from God. Okay, so what operating system are you going to operate with in your life? You want, the, you want the operating system from the Lord. So that's his word. Amen. So when you put that word into your mouth, into your heart, into your mind, it becomes part of your system, part of who you are, part of what you do. And that's one of the reasons why I think so many people struggle in areas is because they don't spend the time that's necessary meditating on the Word, doing, putting that in, and then they want, oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to do this. I'm struggling. Well, you're watching this all day long, but you want to do this for the Lord. I mean, honestly, it's not, it's not a, like a rocket science type of a situation here. I mean, if we broke it down and looked at it, it's pretty clear why there's a struggle and that doesn't mean that if you spend all your day pouring over the Word and meditating on the Word, that you're never going to have a struggle. Don't misunderstand me. You know, God knows that we're dust and He knows we're frail and whatever. But we can do what God has called us to do if we'll just do this, if we'll take some time to ponder the Word, to meditate on the Word, to meditate it in, in it day and night. Amen? Amen? Now, you say there will be people that will say, well, I don't have time for that. I, I mean, I want what the Lord has for me, and I want to serve the Lord, but I, I don't have time for, you know, to meditate on the Word. I've got, I've got important stuff to do, right? i got stuff on the calendar. I've got stuff on it. Have you seen, my, have you seen my, my log? What I got lined up for today? 
One person might say, I don't have time to meditate. I have to look for a husband. I have to look for a wife. Well, you have Isaac who went out into the field in the evening. Genesis 24, verse 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and he looked, and there the camels were coming. Verse 64. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. He said, I don't have time to get into the word with the Lord. I need to look for a wife. Isaac's out there meditating in the field. Then he looks up, and there's his wife. She sees him. He sees her. And it's like this scene. You know the scene in the movie? In the movies? Where, you know, the two lovers, you know, they've been away, you know, and, 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 and they see each other, and, and, and they run. And they run across this field and they embrace and the man picks up the woman and twirls her around and, it, and the music is playing and it's just this incredible thing. This is where they got that from. <laughs> Isaac was meditating in the field and he saw Rebecca. And Rebecca saw Isaac. So you need to look for a husband? You need to look for a wife? Meditate in the, in the Word. Now someone say, well, I don't have time to meditate in the Word because I've got too much stuff going on at the house. I've got all these kids to take care of, all these children, all these meals and things to do. I don't have time to meditate. Well, Mary, Jesus' mom, and she had a pretty important baby to raise, pretty, pretty important child. Would you agree? Pretty important child to raise. But the text says of her, Luke 2, 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Amen? If you want success in your life, then you need to meditate in and keep and obey the word of God, and it's that simple. It's that simple. You say, you don't, you don't want that. I don't want to do that. Well, I thought you just said you wanted success in the Lord. I thought you said you wanted all the prosperity and the prosper, the the prosperity and success that God wanted to bring in your life. Well, yeah. This is the key. This is the key to the whole thing. If you want everything that God has for you, then meditate on the Lord. Meditate on His Word. Let Him speak to you. And then walk in it. Amen? Then you will be prosperous, God says. Then you will have great success. Now, the word prosperous is the Hebrew word salak. And it means to advance, to prosper, to make progress, to succeed, to be, pros- to be profitable. The word for success in the Hebrew is sakal, and it means to look at or upon, to have insight, to give attention to, uh, to cause, to consider, to give insight, to, to act circumspectly, to act wisely, to prosper, to have success, to cause to prosper. So I want to help you meditate in the Word. And so here's a verse of Scripture. We're going to close with this. Let's go back 
to verse 9. We're going to close with this. Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, I close with a couple questions. What is it that God has put in your heart for the coming days, the coming months? What has he put before you? This is the plan. This is the game plan. This is, if we follow this plan, it's a surefire success. Because even if someone, even if an enemy were to come in, and destroy this physical body, they have not taken away the good success and prosperity that God has for me. Amen? Amen. They've, only ad- they've only advanced the time frame. <laughs> Amen? That's all that's happened. Well, I had a few more years here, but I guess I've gone on to be with the Lord in heaven. Amen? So, friends, tonight, let's look at 2019. Let's look at what God has in front of us. Some of you have some specific challenges that you're facing. Some of you have specific goals, some specific things that you you would like to see. Let's, Let's put those before the Lord. Let's meditate in the Word. Let's meditate on the Lord and see what God has done. And I want to invite you this year to, to come and share with me or Pastor Dan or anybody here, come and share of the great things that God does in your life this year. Amen? Would you do that? Because we want to celebrate the good success that God brings into your life in 2019.